Welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. To find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com. Our exhortation this morning comes from Proverbs 28, verse 13. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. When we deal with our sin, it is a two-step process. First, we confess our sin, and then we forsake it. This word forsake, the first time that it appears in the Bible is in Genesis 2. Therefore, a man shall leave, forsake, same Hebrew word, his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So in both these verses, forsaking one thing leads to embracing something else. The two are united. This idea is often reflected in Israel's idolatry. They have forsaken God and pursued or embraced other gods. So in the same way that a true marriage requires a man leaving behind his parents in order to now cleave to his wife, true repentance means that when we leave behind our sin, it is so that we may cling to Christ. The other night, my family and I sat down and we watched a wedding that had been recorded earlier in the day. And the analogy that I just spoke of, of how leaving, the leaving and cleaving of marriage reflects the leaving and cleaving of repentance, it brought three things to my mind. The first thing is this. Christian weddings are an ideal. With all of its joy, symbolism, pomp and circumstance, it tells a story of beauty, virtue, and covenantal faithfulness. The wedding ceremony that we watched that night was conducted by Christ Church in Moscow, and they know how to do it right if you've seen it. It's something to aspire here at TRC, especially as our young ones grow up and they get married. Regular exposure to weddings like this is good for us and it's good for our kids. It sets before them a picture of what holiness looks like. That what the world defines as love is ugly, pathetic, weak, and that they should hold out for what is true, good, and beautiful. Now, this is also true of our repentance. It's why we have a time of confession and absolution. We want to make a big deal about our sin and our inability to do good on our own power. But we want to make an even bigger deal about God's forgiveness and his love for us. That in his son and through his spirit, he gives us abundant life. Hearing the good news of God's forgiveness week in, week out like we do here, it, it ought to motivate us to pursue, pursue that ideal, righteousness, obedience, holiness, and encourage us to say no to our sinful lusts and our desires. But of course, as Paul tells us in Romans 7, we often do not do the good that we desire to do, and instead we do the sinful things that we hate. So it's true, we are going to sin. And so the second thing that this wedding brought to my mind is that when we are restored to Christ, when we forsake our sin 
and cleave to our Savior, it doesn't matter what our sin was. Right? Now, to be sure, different sins have different consequences. But this has no bearing whatsoever on our status with Christ. He forgives us and He welcomes us no matter what we have done. This is true of a Christian wedding, right? It's a celebration of the new thing that is being declared. It is not an accounting of our past deeds and sins. Like the parable of the prodigal son, our father rejoices when we return to him, and then he invites us to a feast. And this leads to the third thing that this wedding brought to my mind. Be careful, TRC, be careful to not be like the prodigal's older brother. If you attend a wedding, and all you can think about are the bride and groom's past misdeeds, you're doing it wrong. You're not there as a witness of their past failures. You're there as a witness of their union. When the marriage goes through a rough patch, you don't need to bring up who they used to be before their marriage. And you don't say, see, I knew the married life wasn't for you. No, you tell them as a witness, it doesn't matter what you used to be. You're now a husband or a wife, and you took covenant vows you have an obligation to love and honor your spouse. And then you help them. You pray for them. And you encourage them. In the same way, our brothers and sisters who have confessed their sins are now restored to fellowship. Our job now is to rejoice in this truth. We now have the privilege of loving them the way that Christ has loved us. Fully and completely without reservation. We should offer our prayers, our encouragement, and our support, but never our doubts. They have confessed and forsaken their sins, and they are now restored to Christ. What therefore God has joined together, regardless of whether we're talking about a marriage or we're talking about true repentance, let not man separate. Thanks for listening. To find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com.